Hello and welcome. It's me. It's Mark, your podcast host. And I am here today with my co-host, Gracie, who is actually awake and looking at me, wondering why I said her name. Possible that she's getting more foods, even though she has plenty of foods there. So we're here today doing the Trucking Answers podcast only in your ear hole. And uh, for those of you that are on the live show, which goes on YouTube every Monday at 1230, you had partial podcasts on the latest live show because of technical difficulties for which I apologize. My picture will not freeze during this show because there's no picture to freeze. Many people prefer it this way. Believe me. Today we're going to have some trucking news, some automotive news, and another reason we are not on Mars. Do you know why we don't live on Mars? Because there's a bunch of idiots on the uh, on the Earth. That's why. That's why we're not already living on Mars. I'm pointing at Mars right now. You can't see me because you're only looking at me through your ear hole. So uh, that's why we don't live on Mars. I'm having a tooth problem, which I'm going to have pulled soon, as soon as I can get in there with an appointment. So I apologize if I sound a little different, if I sound a little more weird than even I normally do. But we're going to get through this tooth or no tooth. That is the question. Today, uh, we, um, we still are in 35 countries, so that's disappointing. There's over 200 countries in the planet. Let's go the rest of you countries. So we're going to talk about Washington, D.C. today. Do you know there are 278 downloads in Washington, D.C.? And I was thinking, do you think the president himself downloads and listens to this podcast? It's possible. Uh, I think it's so possible that if ever this podcast stops podcasting and I haven't announced why, you may want to come and find me in uh, Cuba or uh, some other place like that. That's right. Could be gone. If I'm ever gone, that's the problem. Come and help me. So to start out, I get this question asked to me a lot. Mark, how much should a road driver make over the road? How much do you think they should make? You know, I've thought a lot about this, and I think about it a lot because uh, people write to me, and I'm forever looking at paying stuff. What should a person really make over the road, though? And I think that over the years, drivers have been conditioned to think wrongly about their pay. And so uh, let's just say I think a road driver should make before taxes, because people always ask, well, what about after taxes? I don't know. Everybody has a different tax situation. Somebody with 26 kids, you know, uh, living in a certain state may get a different tax situation than somebody else. But before taxes, I really think right now, an experienced over-the-road driver who's gone from their family should make 3000 a week before taxes. And I'll tell you why. Don't just drop out of your chair. Don't let all the air out of your massage seat. Okay, here's why. Drivers forever have been taught to think either pay by the mile or by the load. And that shouldn't be how you ever think about um, getting paid. All right. You should think about how much time is someone taking from you? How much time of yours are they taking? Think attorney. All right. When you go to an attorney, people always understand, right? Attorneys are highly paid. Why? They charge for every little thing they do. And so should drivers. When you pick up the phone and call your attorney, right, then you get a bill, six-minute phone call with moron answering dumb questions that they send to you. And that is you they're talking about, right? But they charged for that time because you took some of their time up and they charged you for it. See, when you give your time to someone, anyone, you should receive something for it when you are benefiting them. And generally, uh, that kind of thing you receive is money. 
because we don't pay people with chickens or coupons to grocery stores. All right. We pay them with money. And that's a good medium of exchange. So when someone takes your time, we need to think about that. And, you know, I've thought about this. Should you only be paid for your work time? Should you be paid? You know, how should that work? Well, the reason you are sleeping in a truck somewhere other than, you know, your own bed um, is because of work. All right. That's the only reason you're doing it. You wouldn't otherwise drive to South Dakota to sleep in a truck. No work sent you there. And so you are gone. That whole amount of time that you're gone is because of work. Right. They send you around the country wherever. And so you have to sleep somewhere else. So all of that time is taken up at work, meaning you can't go do what you want. You can't go do that paint by numbers class you wanted to take. You can't see your family, your kids. There are people that are gone so long that only see their kids two days a month more than I see their kids. That time should be compensated and it should be compensated in a large manner. And the other thing is, so I have to consider that. All right. So all that time needs to be compensated. Also, also. What can someone get to run a local job and be home with their family and do these things? Well, in Indianapolis, an experienced driver can pretty much go and get at least $27 an hour plus overtime. There are temp services offering this, much less local jobs. If you're willing to drive a fuel tanker in Indy, you're looking at, you know, $34 an hour. But at $27 an hour plus overtime for 70 hours home every day is $2,295 a week before taxes. So I have to think, all right, a road driver needs to certainly make more than that for all the extra time they're gone. I even think that might be on the low side. Here's the thing. Let's think about one other number for a second. If someone over the road was compensated at $27 an hour, all right, for all of their time. So seven days, seven days. Do you know how much that would be with overtime? $6,264 in one week. Getting paid at the same rate for all of their time at work that the $27 an hour temp got. So probably 3,000 really is low still. And the other thing is, USA Truck just came out with their numbers, five quarters in a row, record, okay? J.B. Hunt, as we talked about, had record uh, revenues, and other companies are coming out with these same numbers, all posting record numbers. So it isn't like I'm saying, oh, Mark, you're going to sink these companies. They don't make any money. That's not the case at all. They are making oodles of money, oodles of money. You remember that when they say, You have to sit two hours before you get any money or four hours. It isn't like they don't make any money. They're making all this money and none of it is going to the drivers. Now, let me ask you, if you made, say, $3,000 or even the other number, $6,064 a week, that's just $27 an hour, all right, Um, would would companies have a problem getting drivers? Probably not as much as they do now. You, you put up with a lot more depending on how much money you make, although I don't really think people should. 
Uh, it shouldn't be a money versus, you know, tolerating garbage number. But certainly three, because if a local driver can go get two plus with experience, why shouldn't a road driver make more than that? Over the road should always pay more than local work. You're gone from your whole life. So I think we need to stop thinking mileage. I always thought that. That's just an old system from the 50s and 60s, really, and it needs to go the way of the dinosaur. And it is tough to get people to understand that. Drivers fight me tooth and nail. Well, if I don't get paid by the mile, you know, I'm not going to make any money. That is not correct at all. I don't ever really see a company driver making three grand. So what if you were put on a salary of $3,000 a week? All right. People would still argue with me, but I want mileage so I can make more. You'll make more, you know, getting paid for your time. Always think, how much time is this place going to take from me? All right, so I'm gone five days, all right? That's 120 hours in, uh, in the five days. That's all the time there is. That would be $4,320 at $27 an hour for five days with overtime. That's how much your time should really be worth. And so to say, okay, well, I'm going to be gone five days, but I'm going to make 17 you know, 1800 bucks. I don't know about that. 1800 for five days is 1125 an hour. All right. That's how people should really think about it. I'm selling my time for 1125 an hour. That isn't great. And that's where drivers really have to not necessarily as much come together, but understand how much their time is worth. People way undervalue their time. We have so little of it so little of it and we give it away so quickly without really any cost to the place that's taking it heck some people will sit there are companies that advertise they do not pay detention and there are people that will sit all night sometimes all day without any money away from their family away from things that they want to do for free for free and i don't like it and i think and drivers need to realize it and really the companies they already realize it they know their record profits and then they have people sit for nothing all right so they're not uh, as stupid as they look as we uh, as we say you know so we need to understand how much our time is really worth and start charging for it and if you're not getting it go somewhere that'll give it to you that's the way to change this industry for the better you the people at the ports there's another article today at the ports some of them some of these drivers that are leasing trucks there are working for a day they can only get one load because of all the inefficiencies and everything at the ports and so at the end of the week they owe the company money <laughs> look there cannot be many weeks of that you turn that truck back in you're better off being at home than being negative on your check every week certainly zero is better than negative 200 or whatever it is. So I never do that. Those people, if you will continue to work and have a negative check, you absolutely do not value your time at all. You have no value on your time. That's the way to get a raise. You have to value your own time more than anybody else and charge for it. And somebody will pay it to you because uh, they have to. So that's, that's really how you do that. All right. So that's what I wanted to say about that. Let's get moving on, Mark. All right, let's move it on in November. 
In The Trucker, they have this story about a woman who is a tanker driver, all right? And she apparently goes around the country in a day cab delivering these uh, chemicals in her tanker. So that's awesome, whatever. And she says that she doesn't see that many other women on the road, which is correct. I rarely do. Also, we just had another woman join. But uh, we only have a couple of women drivers. There just aren't any around. And maybe that's because of uh, some of the things that I've outlined in my Grammy Award-winning YouTube channel. That is possible. Either way. That uh, she said she came upon a, a woman, a lady trucker, as she called her. I love that. <laughs> lady trucker. At a, um, at a truck stop in Jersey or something. I think it was New Jersey. And this woman. Now get this. Hold on to your spurs this woman was actually outside of her truck changing a taillight now this is in the article this is in the article and it says there were men all around and she was doing it by herself <gasps> amazing that's amazing that you know what that woman should find that quite offensive <laughs> i mean besides which what have women told men leave us alone we can do anything you can do fine Go change your taillight. What do you want? If a man had gone up to this woman and said, hey, little lady, let me take care of that for you. She'd be like, get away from me, you know, and then blow one of those whistles. Okay, that's the thing of it. You cannot train men to treat you like an equal instead of like a woman and then gripe that there are men everywhere and this woman was changing the light herself. If you want to do a job, you should be able to do the job, whatever that entails, which includes changing a taillight, which, by the way, it's not super complicated. Even for me, I don't like doing a lot of work on the equipment, but I am not above changing a light so that I don't get a ticket going down the road rather than calling and uh, going into a shop to have a light changed, unless it's some kind of riveted in light or something. But if it's something I can just pop out and change, I'm in, right? So I don't have to wait there for hours to get back on the road. So yeah, congratulations for changing a taillight, even with men around. Oh my gosh, that is really something. <laughs> How offensive is that? You know, you can't win. You can't win at this. Used to be people were men or women and people were treated differently. Like my wife, right? You know, she doesn't fill up the car or anything. I've talked about that. You know, I'll take the car out a couple of times a week if she doesn't go anywhere and wash it. Just so that when she leaves, it's clean if she needs to go somewhere. She doesn't have to go around in a dirty, dusty car or whatever. And am I husband of the year for that? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think men should do that for their spouse, right? And women should do things for their spouse too. That's why I contribute part of that, you know, to being married over 25 years. Little stuff like that. I'll get up when she's not even up or whatever and just wash it. Sometimes I'll come home and grab her car and run it down to the car wash and back if I know she's going to go somewhere. Does that make me some great husband? I don't think so. I'm. I, that makes me what everybody should do, I think. Little stuff like that counts. And that way she doesn't have to think about it. And this woman was out amazingly changing a light in front of a bunch of men. There were men everywhere. Apparently, this truck stop just has men all over the place, just apparently standing around. But this woman, this woman was able to do this without the intervention of a man. Oh, oh my gosh. The, what's next? What's next for this country? This is amazing, 
amazing news. And I do think the woman who's changing light should be a little bit offended if she reads this story. Certainly, she should be able to change a light. I mean, what what is the big deal for that? Hey, you got one of them there, Navistars from uh, 2010. Did you read this? Navistar was fined $52 million, that's million in U.S. money, and ordered to destroy, destroy, destroy. You must destroy 2010 uh, model year engines uh, because they were still had the 2009 emissions. Remember, this is when we changed over to the ultra-low sulfur. I remember this. Or, uh, you know, the DEF and all that. That's when all that changed, 2006, 7, 8, 9, 10, right, and all that. So some of them still had 09 emissions on these 2010s, but were sold as 2010s when they should have been 2009s. There's a bunch of back and forth. They're going to have to buy and destroy these engines. Now, what will probably happen is they'll destroy the whole truck, which is I'm not sad by any international being destroyed. You know I hate them, I don't like them, and I also hate them. So I'm never a fan of them. And these are not the Max Force engines. These are international engines from what I understand. And they're going to have to destroy a bunch of them. And so hopefully they will go and just buy those trucks from people. Because what are they going to do, I guess? Take the truck and uh, just take the engine out of it and destroy it? You'll be left with a truck without an engine. I think people would be mad about that. I don't know what they'll pay for them or whatever. Right now the market's crazy. I've seen used truck prices now. Price of new trucks. So that's really something, and they're going to have to take these engines back and destroy them. It didn't really say how many there were, but um, any international that's off the road, I'm a fan of. Get these things out of here. I'd like to congratulate the administration. It was just announced that we're having the highest fuel prices since 2014. So uh, that's pretty awesome. So congratulations, highest uh, diesel prices uh, in seven years. That's, uh, that's pretty good. I mean, most administrations can't do can't do this they haven't even been in office a year and they're already setting records setting this so we are setting new records who knows what we could get into next year highest um inflation rate possibly since maybe 1980 81 that'd be pretty awesome so uh, maybe we can get into double digit um interest rates for homes maybe 18 percent hey who knows you know the sky's the limit as they say there are no things that are impossible so I'm looking forward to more records being set by the administration. At Every day I look for them, and they never disappoint. So congratulations to the administration. Thank you for that. All right, all right. So, you know, we're headed into winter uh, here in the United States and maybe where you are, depending where in the world you listen, like Carmen San Diego. Do you have winter tires on your vehicle, winter tires? People are always saying to me, Mark, I don't need winter tires. I have all-season tires. That's all seasons. Let me tell you, all-season tires are no-season tires. They are no good in the winter, about 40, 45 degrees, and that's from the tire manufacturers. They start to lose their grip because, because the ingredients that make the tire up start to get hard. They're not made for the winter. And M&S, which people see on tires, means mud and snow. Do you know what that means? Nothing. Okay, the people that make tires can put that on any tire they want. It doesn't have to mean anything. It means you can drive it in the snow. Yeah, okay, I can drive a bike in the snow. But it's not a good idea. A winter tire, a winter rated tire, will have a three mountain peak snowflake symbol on the tire. All right, and that is industry tested for snow, grip, traction, 
and how soft it remains in cold weather. And this is where winter tires really start to shine. I recommend everybody go drive a car in the winter in a snow storm that has winter tires on it. And you will immediately be like, oh, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> I see why people get these. That's the thing. that I don't think they do a good enough job of selling winter tires to people because they're super necessary. I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, my Sonic sitting on Firestone Winter Force 2 tires is unstoppable in the snow. And it's front drive. People, others, oh, well, Mark, I have four-wheel drive. Well, congratulations. That doesn't mean anything. Four-wheel drive doesn't mean anything if you don't have any traction. Winter is all a traction problem. I personally think semis should have winter tires on them. They make them. They make them. I don't really know of any company that runs in the continental United States that puts them on. If there are, I'd be surprised. I'd love to hear about it. Uh, maybe in Alaska, some companies put them on, but I don't see anybody doing it here. I was I asked them about that here, and they're like, uh, no, you're lucky you get tires at all. So uh, they can't even put uh, you know regular tires. But for your car, winter tires are a must-have. There are what's called all-weather tires now. And you can get these, and these are also three Mountain Peak Snowflake, Snowflakes, Snowflakes, Snowflake rated tires. Uh, but they are on fleek, by the way. And you can get those for your car, uh, like a Michelin Cross Climate. And those are winter rated tires, and they will do much better in the winter. Because there are summer tires, which would be considered three season tires, all season tires all weather tires and then winter tires and that's how the spectrum goes so all weather tires are better and you can run them year round but i still recommend in the winter if you get any kind of snow a dedicated winter tire it there's nothing like it well, you drive it for five minutes in the snow and you're like oh all right i get it i see why people lose there's a so much of it of a difference that it's amazing i'll easily easily outdo our escape which is four-wheel drive with my sonic because the sonic is sitting on winter tires so in the snow right the sonic is the winter car can you believe that <laughs> but it's true it will do way better because it's a traction thing and the escape is sitting on it's all seasons that it, that it uh, came with continental contatrax is what came on it and so they are not nearly as good especially when it's really cold and snowy as the sonic the sonic the colder and snowier it gets the better and better the sonic gets over a four-wheel drive escape i'll take any of you on and you're all seasons in your four-wheel drive i don't care what you have this gigantic thing which is even worse the bigger the tire the worse it is for traction because it's wider and has a bigger contact pad so less weight per inch snow tires need to grip to bite to get into the snow rather than ride on top of it so I recommend going somewhere, going with to somebody that has a car or truck on winter tires and driving it around in a snowstorm. And I think you will be really surprised at how much better and safer it is. I mean, that's really what we're trying to do. Moving, turning, stopping, it's all well worth the winter tire cost, I think. I mounted them on my regular rims, but some people mount winter rims. They get steelies or whatever and put them on there. I mounted on my rims. You can do what you want. At least check them out. At least consider it. Another question I get about cars is gap insurance. Mark, should I get gap insurance? What's gap insurance? Why don't I have gap insurance? 
I don't know. If you get a car like me and never put any money down because I've never put a dollar down on a car, I just don't do it. I let them take all the risk, right? Hey, I might bankrupt on this and you might not get any money, so I let them risk it. Especially at 0%, why should you give them any money down? To reduce the loan for what? There's no interest. It's free. It is a free loan. They're not charging you for it at all. Regardless of that, so I pick up gap insurance. And what gap insurance does is cover the difference in your car in its value if it gets in an accident and how much you owe on it. And I've used it. All right. When the uh, when the focus that we had got wrecked, not by me, totaled, we had only had the thing 10 months. <laughs> right. And so and not unlike now, this was some time ago and values went down pretty quickly on cars. But what happens is Geico says, all right, we'll give you, you know, X dollars for that car and we're going to send the check to Ford. And I'm like, okay, great. And so I call Ford and go, hey, you're going to get a partial check. So I guess you guys can just pick up the difference. And they go, okay. And Gap Insurance paid the rest. And it was like 6000 bucks at that time. It was a lot of money. Um, and so no problem. It was, you know, quite a bit of money. And they paid it. And I walked away clean on that car. Maybe it was 3800 or something. I actually don't know. What do you think, Gracers? Uh, she didn't move, so she's not sure. But it was it was thousands of dollars. Let's say that it was thousands, and they paid it. They paid it, and they're like, "Okay, your your account's clear. You don't have it. You don't owe any more money." If you don't have that insurance, you either have to give them the money, or what they'll do sometimes is take that money and finance it into a new car. But you're still paying that difference in the new car then if you don't get it paid off and the gap insurance is usually only a few hundred dollars over the life of the loan and so on 60 months say it's 300 dollars that's five bucks okay five dollars a month for to cover that car yeah as it gets older and the amount gets closer maybe not maybe it doesn't uh, do it and this is the first time i've ever used it i've never used it in another car but it paid off and well worth it because you just walk out clean and you're done. You're done with it. So if you're getting a new car, unless you're putting a lot of money down or whatever, which I never really recommend, get gap insurance. Get it right there at the dealer. It's only a few hundred dollars. That's one of the things that in the F&I office, when they're beating you over the head to get rust proofing and stuff, one of the things you should really consider is gap insurance. The rest of the stuff, paint protection and all these fabric things and all that, no. Gap insurance is a yes from me, certainly. Well, I've come to the part of the program where we discuss why we are not on Mars. All right. And I had to move this to the head of the line. Oh, that's funny. You'll see in a minute why I think that's funny. All right. I just read about this and I thought, oh, uh, really? And so I looked into it and yeah, really. So Dateline China, you may have seen this in the news. You can look it up. Um, this is just incredible to me, but uh, here we are. All right. There are molds in China that go over your baby's head to make their head more round. Because when babies are tiny, tiny babies, their heads are soft, right? They have plates or whatever, and they haven't fused themselves together. Their skull yet hasn't fused together in its correct shape, so it can zoom out of wherever it used to be living into the world. And uh, so then there are molds. And other, as it says, head 
correcting products like pillows and blankets and stuff that um, go in your kid's head to make it more round. Now, for all the people here that always scream, hey, you know, follow science, listen to the doctor. There are doctors in China that put these on babies' heads. You can go to a medical clinic where a physician will get you the correct head mold for your baby. So remember, always remember, science is always evolving and it depends sometimes on who you ask about it. But regardless of that, there are people that pay as much as $4,300 for a head mold for their baby over in China so that their heads are more aesthetically pleasing. That's what a parent said. I do not want my child to go through life thinking they could have had a rounder head. All right, listen to me. It doesn't matter what shape your head is. SpongeBob lived a great life, and he's square. Okay, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> this stuff matters. SpongeBob may not be the best example, but I'll tell you, when we as a as a world, not much as a country, care more about the shape of somebody's head than who they are as a person, I don't even know what to say. How somebody looks doesn't determine who they are head shape or anything else as far as I'm concerned who are you right isn't that what Roger Daltrey asked people that's what he wanted to know he didn't say what shapes your head what shape what shape and that okay and you can you can use that as a track there on your um if you if you block that out you can use that as a ringtone but uh look none of this stuff matters the stupidest stuff right we're gonna spend all this money there are doctors that figure out how to get a, he a head into a better shape? Really? Have you ever considered? I never even thought about it until I read this article. And then I'm, I'm looking at people's heads. But have you ever looked at somebody and go, oh, my God, I can't talk to that person. Their head is not round. Not per Nobody's head is, like, perfectly round. I assume my head is weird shaped. And uh, so as I lose my hair, I see more of it. So, uh, and I'm not that concerned about it. I mean, uh, if people think they don't want to talk to me because my head is not perfectly round, I guess we don't talk. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. It's just like the weirdest thing, you know, that we go through these fads. But here, remember, remember, you go to a physician there to get this for your child so that they can correct a medical problem. Always remember that when people tell you, well, your doctor's not telling the truth. Really? What doctor is? It's all fads and it's all stupid. And the money that is spent on this could be spent to help these kids uh, in their future for medical needs or whatever else they need. But no, we're going to waste their money on a mold, a head mold, and as it said, other head shape correcting products. Incredible. This like so sounds like something Peter Popoff would, se would sell at three in the morning, you know, with uh, his other miracle uh, things that he sells. And, um, Shout out to everybody who knows who I'm talking about for that. So, all right. Well, so that's where we're going to go from there. We're going to come back to here from China. Fortunately, those head molds are probably stuck off the coast of Los Angeles in a container that probably fell off a ship and is floating around. I don't know if you saw that. There are a bunch of them floating around out there because they fell off some boat. Hey, tie these things together.
we're headed out of here today. Gracie's ready to get some treats. I want to thank everybody for listening. We do this podcast every Tuesday, Friday. So uh, YouTube uh, oh, during the week as well over on uh, at Trucking Answers, right? That'd be where it would be, right? So download if you haven't done it. And hey, I haven't ever said this, but hey, go leave a review over that uh, Apple podcast. That helps other people find the show. That's why I asked for that. So uh, and tell people how great I am. I really appreciate. I really appreciate that too, uh, or that I'm an idiot. Either way, uh, however it is, or the shape of my head. One of those things can go on there. All right. So be safe out there. Thanks for listening. It's getting into winter, and uh, we'll see you over on the YouTube's.